explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. I could say, Bobby, I think this is the first time that we could say that on Urban Spelunking, we're talking to old people about missiles. Yes, it is definitely the first time we've done that. <laughs> so this is um, part of, this is one site of many sites that used to hold some serious missile actions. Some, some serious some hardware. Ar- yeah, some hardware. <laughs> yeah, there were eight sites uh, for these Nike Ajax missiles, Ajax missiles uh, that were installed in the mid-50s during the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of ring around Milwaukee County. You know, so okay. there was one, the one that everybody really knows about was on the what is now the Summerfest grounds. But like where the Brookfield Airport is now out on Capitol Drive, there uh, there was one there. There's, there was one in Waukesha, which of which there are still remnants out there mm-hmm. if you go in a park out there. Um, there were ones in the southwest suburbs, and there was one out on Ryan Road, and, and then there was the one that I visited, which is in Cudahy on Lake Drive. So this is pretty close to Grant Park, right? Yeah, it's just north of Grant Park. That is, and like, south of Sheridan, sort of between Grant and Sheridan Parks. It is hard to picture that now, being that Grant Park is so serene and so majestic, and uh, just a beautiful part of the city. That you know, that that contrast that there was this missile site, this active military base just north. Yeah, and actually, there were two because I think there was one that was actually in Grant Park or just south of Grant Park too. So really, that was a um, that was a. A hotbed of missile activity. <laughs> I can't believe I just said the phrase hotbed of missile activity. <laughs> um, but because there was so much heavy industry down there um, at the time, which was these companies like Laddish and stuff that were involved in in wartime production during World War II that, um, that they really wanted these to be protected. Also, they sensed that at, at the time, Milwaukee being such a big industrial hub, uh, was actually a target. I mean, we think now of like, who would want to bomb Milwaukee? What are you going to bomb the breweries? Like, right. you know, maybe, but like back then there was so much heavy industry here. It was a legitimate target. Yeah. Um, and, and interesting too, that these, uh, you know, like Laddish is still there mm-hmm. and um, not doing the same kind of work, of course, but just makes you kind of look back like, wow, Milwaukee really was part of the, part of the defense game. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, you'd think of, Places like South Milwaukee and Cudahy and West Allis, where they had these huge companies that were involved in these heavy industries, you know, the communities were almost entirely employed mm-hmm. somehow in relation to those, either in those businesses themselves or support businesses and things like that. It was it was really a massive change when those places either scaled down or went away or, you know. Now, during your visit, when you were at this former Nike missile site in Cudahy, this is, it's no longer, you know, it, it no longer is a site anymore, of course. It's been no. decommissioned for decades. Yeah. And it's something much different now. Yes, it is now the Kelly Senior Center. In the 70s, it closed down in the mid-60s, and then uh, by the mid-70s, it had become like a community center. Um, but then it, a few years after that, within a few years, it became sort of specialized as a senior center, and now it's specifically a senior center. And this is one of a bunch of senior centers run by the county. Yeah, there's a bunch, and they serve meals to the seniors, and they uh, have activities, and they have you know, they they play cards as you'd expect, but they also have like ceramics studios, and they do all sorts of things. Um, they do educational programs, all kinds of stuff. Wow, what a contrast! Just to think that this was such an active military base where where you could actually see the missiles, right, like poking out of the ground, yeah. ready, ready to launch. Yeah, the silos were about a half mile north in Sheridan Park, I think, where the golf course is now. Um, and 
I don't know if it was always the case, but there were times when the tops of the missiles would peek up out of the silos. And there's a photo in my article of a person standing next to that to give you a sense of how big these missiles, which which were anti-aircraft missiles, by yeah. the way. Um, they were meant to shoot down planes carrying bombs. Well, coming up next in Urban Spelunking, you talk to all these senior citizens that frequent the senior center the, that used to be a, a missile base. You talk to them and got a bunch of really personal stories, uh, firsthand accounts of back in the 50s when this was a really active base. Yeah, which to me was a super interesting part of the story. I feel like lots of people sort of know about the missile sites. And if you go online and Google it, you can find tons of information. But um, I felt like meeting these people finally sort of made it kind of real in a way that just a bunch of Wikipedia entries didn't. So we're going outside of Wikipedia. Outside. <laughs> Next on Urban Spelunking. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Back at the former Nike missile site in Cudahy, now a senior center, two things that couldn't be, I, you know, you talk about things that are opposite. Those two things might be exact opposites if you look it up. Yeah, maybe so. In the maybe opposite so. dictionary. Yes. <laughs> Spy magazine was still around. There you go. Yeah. yeah. They would show us these opposites. So this former Nike missile site just north of Grant Park in Cudahy, um, I think it's so cool that there are, you know, there's obviously still people in Milwaukee that remember it when it was a missile base and, uh, you know, passed by it, maybe even took field trips there, as you found out. Yeah, you know, I, I lived in South Milwaukee for a while, and when I used to drive past there every day, I saw the senior center there, but the buildings are just sort of these nondescript, low buildings. It just looked like something, some sort of municipality would have put up to house a senior center. Yeah, or utilitarian for sure. Yeah, they're very utilitarian. They don't look very interesting on their own, but, um, it's interesting to me that these people who go there every day, I met with a handful of seniors who go there more or less every day, um, that when they approach these buildings, they, their mental picture must be something completely different because mm. all of them grew up in the area or uh, spent a lot of their youth in the area and really had firsthand memories of these buildings when they were surrounded by fences with soldiers all around, the missiles popping out of the ground about a half mile to the north. They knew exactly what was going on there. It was no secret. Yeah. Because um, if it was, you wouldn't have the missiles sticking up out of the ground. Right. Right. Um, but so, like, they walk in, you know, one woman does the gardens around the center and other ones come in to play cards, to, do all, to eat meals together. And it's just amazing how they've sort of, taken all this in over their lifetime and they've uh they can go there and have fun like some of these people were terrified as kids sure this place they're you know well, and uh, that, and but now they can go there and just have a good time like the but it's still always in their head that they remembered walking or driving by this place and just being terrified and i mean and just talk about the the atmosphere in the country at the time where there was this tension there was this worry that that war would just break out one day yeah, and people were still going about their lives and practicing these air raid drills in school and just trying to carry on and keep it normal after World War II, knowing that, you know, war, another war could be coming. And that's what I thought was really interesting was the way these people as kids had reacted differently to it. There was uh, one woman who would go there. She was about nine years old. She remembers going there with her cousin and they would throw candy bars over the fence uh, to the soldiers or like pass them through the fence. And, um, and she remembers her mom played music on the base, like to entertain the, the really? soldiers. Yeah. She was and, like a DJ. Yeah. And she was just very, um, I think she was more like a musician, but, 
Um, oh, okay. So she was playing live music. She wasn't <laughs> yes, like the yes. ones and twos. No, no, no. no okay. right. She wasn't. The, that would be very. She cool, wasn't though. the original Cool Herc. No. <laughs> um, but like for this woman, she just seemed sort of like I don't want to say blasé about it, but just sort of matter of fact about it. Like it was there, and you know, I suppose that we just sort of lived near it, and it yeah. was a thing, you know. But then that's probably the attitude that people had to have to just kind of go about their lives at that time, just. Here it is, and it is what it is, and just keep it moving. Yeah, but then the next person I talked to, we were seated at a, seated at a round table, and everybody sort of took turns telling their uh, their memories about it. And uh, the next guy remembered being uh, maybe a mile away in Cudahy, in the sort of older part of Cudahy. This part of Cudahy wasn't developed till a little bit later. Um, but uh, sort of by Packard and Layton, he, he lived, and they would go by this base, and he went to school not far away, and he remembered these air raid drills. And like the, you know, the alarms yeah, would go off and you're right. supposed to get under your desk and put your head between your knees. And, and he was terrified. Even now you could like, he was talking about how like just absolutely terrified he was of these air raid drills because, because it was funny, even as a kid, he thought, you know, if a plane is carrying an atomic bomb, cause this is the fifties. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, 10 years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, so if a Soviet plane came over with a, a nuclear bomb and one of these missiles was successful at shooting down the plane. Wouldn't the atomic bomb go off? Right. You know, like he was thinking of this as a kid. So, and he remembered this even now that, you know, how terrifying this was to him. And, and he has a, he has a great quote in there. It was either him or one of the other guys had a great quote in there. Something about how, uh, it was pointless to get under your desk because he said, by the time you'd get up, you'd be vaporized. <laughs> I was like, we should have laughed because that no, must have been I terrifying I mean, for a kid, you know. I, can you imagine? And for the country, this is going on Can you imagine like, if it's like your kids or right. like, when you were a kid to, to think about this kind of stuff, just how crazy that is? And you always, it's always a reminder too how smart kids are that they can catch on to this stuff that, oh, yeah. you know, like if we're doing a, a, an air raid drill, what are my chances under this desk? I had this conversation at school with somebody a while back um, about how our kids know, our like grade school age kids know the difference between a code blue, a code red, a code yellow, a code black, like code black. All of these different things have significance and they can tell you what each one is. I oh. can't tell you, but they can. And, you know, and the parallel to today where these kids are going through the same kind of thing, these active shooter drills. Yeah, that that's is. what these are, right? How old are they? Um, They're in their late sixties and, and into their seventies. Okay. Well, you know, that doesn't even seem like that big of like, that's not a senior when I think senior sixties just seems like a retiree. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you something, Nate. Tell I'm going to reveal my age. I'm not actually 29. <laughs> okay. I'm 52. And when I walked in there and they started, they, they, the woman who runs the place quickly gave me a tour of the facility before we sat down with, with the seniors. And she said, it's open to all seniors ages 50 and up. Oh, really? And I had a very, <laughs> very uncomfortable <laughs> moment because I don't know about you, but I do not consider 50 to be a senior. I would have never, you know, pegged you at 52. If that helps. All right. Thank you. Does that help? Yeah, it helps. But still, I, it seemed like a great place, but I'm not ready. You're not ready. That's fine. You know, I think it, it'll be there when you're ready. If right. you, once you want to start right. hitting the, the quilting loom. And <laughs> they have a quilting loom. I know yes, they do, right? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, I bet you'd be pretty good at shuffleboard, too. I could see you getting competitive. They don't, you know, they have a shuffleboard, like, in the floor there, and they told me they don't use it. What a shame. I guess when I get a little older, I'm going to have to go there and start up the... That might be one generation past. Like, my grandma was really big in a shuffleboard. Yeah, I don't know how to play. I'd have to learn first. Yeah. I know how to play the shuffleboard at the bar. Different with the, story. With the metal disc. Well, that's pretty know. much the same, right? I think. Yeah. Well, that's your shuffleboard. The metal disc is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> On the floor version. 
Yeah, but I mean, just the, I guess the point there is that, you know, these folks are late 60s, 70s, who you talk to. That's really not that long ago. It's, it's not that old, right. I mean, these are not like 100-year-old people right. thinking about like the ancient times, you know, or something. This, These are people who are younger than my parents, mostly. Older than me and younger than my parents. And they have these memories of a world in which kids got under their desks because they were afraid nuclear bombs were going to blow up over their heads. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Yeah. Wow. Well, some really great conversations with these seniors um, at your article, Bobby. Um, definitely recommend checking it out and, and reading the whole thing. Um, just really great to hear that it's it's a personal connection to history as told through some Cudahy residents. Yeah, it was super fun and super it really put, as we had talked about earlier, it really put a personal face on a story that could just seem sort of impersonal. Urban Spelunking on 88.9 is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support, of course, from On Milwaukee and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tenzillo. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate.